Well, one uh, show was just not enough. So Greg Silver and I are going to continue the party. There is a lot to discuss when we come to the Golden State Warriors. Let's keep it going. This is Locked On Warriors. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day again. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50 plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's Jace, J-A-S-E Medical. You can follow Greg Silver on threads at Greg O Silver. That's it. It's that simple. The O has no H in it. It's just the letter O. You can follow me, Cyrus Sauces, on threads at Dog Wild. We did not get a chance. Uh, Yes, Bruce Morrow, great to see you. This is Locked On Overtime right now. Hello, Raymond uh, Solis and everyone else. Um, (laughs) And Andre FRBK. Yeah, I guess in this case, it is that bad when you're doing two shows. That's a that's a fair assessment there. Um, you know, Stephen Curry was on the injury report uh, real fast. Let's start with him real quick because uh, I slid in there in the last show that I don't know if it's the worst thing in the world uh, for the Warriors to play a game with, without Steph. And in, in all honesty, for a team uh, uh, this advanced in age, relatively speaking, by NBA standards, uh, it, I don't think the expectation was to see all of these players play all 82 games. I mean, we were expecting days off here and there. Uh, There's a reason why this team has the depth it does. Um, So, you know, if Steph takes the night off, that might be a good thing in the grand scheme of things. Don't burn him out uh, as as given the postseason is still six months away from now. Um, So if he goes to the bench, uh, Chris Paul will almost undoubtedly start. Uh, Greg, how do you see that playing out, man? I, I, I envision the, the Brandon Pajemski minutes will be a lot easier to find. Uh, Corey Joseph has taken on the, the Andre Iguodala role of being a cheerleader on the bench. Uh, nothing wrong with that. But what is your uh, reaction to Steph possibly not playing tomorrow in a fairly important game against the Timberwolves? Well, first of all, regarding the Pajemski thing, I'm very glad to see him get jumped in the rotation ahead of Corey Joseph from the get-go. Really, it was that first game against Phoenix when Corey Joseph kind of was ahead of him in that lineup and didn't play that many minutes. And it seems like Steve really likes Brandon Pajemski, which is a good sign. And I think he has a chance to do a lot more, uh, especially if veterans miss time, Mm -hmm. namely number 30. So Chris Paul in the starting lineup would be interesting because he and Stephen Curry are two of the best point guards of this last generation, maybe the two best, uh, depending on the discussion you're having. And they play such a different game. Uh, You're not replacing whatever output you're getting from Stephen Curry. I think that's fairly obvious and not much more needs to be said there. If Chris Paul's running the offense, I'm very curious to see what else they do in terms of early substitutions. I'm not so much concerned with a starting unit with Chris Paul in place of Steph. It's more how many minutes do you let that run for at the beginning? Who's the first sub you're making? 
Chris Paul is playing with what other players when he comes back in, or is he staying out there? I mean, that's really what it is for me because of the number of new faces you're seeing on the roster and different lineup permutations you can throw out there. That's what I'm really looking at is the players that can play well together. We can talk maybe in the show. I don't, I don't know if uh, we'll get into that at any point, but with the clay and Wiggins and it's like, Oh, would we want to see anybody else start? I actually don't want to see Jonathan Kaminga start alongside the normal starters in place of a clay or a Wiggins, because I think he's so good out there with Chris Paul, a guy that can set him up nicely. Uh, and Kaminga's, you know, he's had mostly positives. He wasn't great last night. He was two for 11 and he's got to be better at shooting free throws. I'm totally in agreement with Kylan, uh, on that one, but mm. I like Kaminga with Chris Paul, uh, for the most part. So if Chris Paul plays, I'd like to see him get minutes with Kaminga because, uh, they seem to be very encouraging about the youngster getting to get more opportunities and flourish. So it's not so much about how Chris Paul is with the other four. It's really what are we seeing with these first half lineup tinkerings? Yeah, totally, totally agree with you. And if, and if Chris Paul, you mentioned this uh, in part one of our of what's become a two part night for us here. He's shooting just 16 percent from beyond the arc this year, which is god awful but then again who is shooting well right i mean it, it's the bad shooting is across the board if your name is not stephen curry and, and chris paul his career shooting number is 37 percent. you brought up jonathan kaminga i'm seeing some people at least uh in in the social sphere uh levying a little criticism toward him and i need to remind people of a couple things when it comes to kaminga one he's the same age as stephen curry and clay thompson were their rookie years that's how young kaminga was when he was drafted, I mean, he just turned 21 years old. Um, so unless you were harping on Steph and Clay, their rookie years, take it easy a little bit. The kid is incredibly young. Um, if you thought he was going to be a 20 point per game scorer at, th at this stage of his career, sorry, he's disappointing you. I mean, you know, but the three point shooting is off. I think the three point shooting is off for everyone. I mean, Kaminga, the thing is shooting just 18% right now uh, from beyond the arc, which is awful. But he is second on the team in free throw attempts by a long shot. Uh, Stephen Curry leads the team in free throw attempts, and then there's Kaminga, and then there's everyone else. So he's getting to the line. Like you said, his three his free, free throw shooting is not the greatest. What is he at, like 65%, 70%? I, I don't have it in front of me right now, but uh, if I had to guess, here, I'm, I'll just look it up right now real fast so I have the exact number. Um, Jonathan I need Kaminga, 75 plus from Kaminga. Which which may well last, uh, hold on, right now, he, oh, that's what oh, he's he is 75 and a half. Okay, so so you're happy then. Okay, great. So so Greg Silver is happy with Kaminga's free throw shooting. All right, um, bump it to 80. <laughs> so, but again, he's getting to the line, right? I mean, again, he's second on the team in free throw attempts. He's third on the team in scoring. He's averaging 12.1 points per game. The only players higher than him are Steph, who is out of this world like usual. He's an MVP candidate. And then Clay Thompson, who is averaging 16 and change, well below his career mark, well below what we're accustomed to. And then there's Kaminga at number three. So Kaminga is averaging 12.1 points per game, but he's seventh on the team in minutes. So, you know, so, and this is where, again, I really wish we would see Kaminga and we would see Moody playing starter level minutes because I'm curious to see what happens if we, if we give him a full run. We've seen with Kaminga, especially, there was a three game stretch on the road trip where he was abysmal in the first half, right? But he salvaged those stat lines because. Uh, occur unlike last year was giving him a longer leash playing him in the second half and he rewarded the coaching staff and the team for that by, by playing good minutes I want to see some bigger minutes from these two 
Um, here's another thing I, I don't, I, I'm really tired of seeing. I think it's good in certain moments, but the Warriors traded Jordan Poole essentially for Chris Paul, right? There were some other pieces involved in the trade, uh, peanut butter and jelly being one of them. Um, you know, who knows if that player is ever going to amount to anything, uh, referring to Patrick Baldwin Jr. Uh, but they got Chris Paul, they got rid of Jordan Poole. People forget in the championship season, 2021, 2022, that team started 18 and two on the season. It was a red hot start. I thought we were going to get something kind of, kind of similar to that this year before this three game slide. They had no clay Thompson in that 18 and two start. What they did have was Jordan Poole before he regressed. Uh, you know, I mean, I mean, it might end, we might end up saying that that 2021, 22 season will go down as the greatest season in Jordan Poole's career. That might end up being the case, which is kind of sad if that's if that ends up being a fact. But the point is, Stephen Curry, with that starting five, had a legitimate second score next to him, and they thrived. Um, and I don't know if, if they're going to make a move for that. I, you know, I don't know if they need to make a move for that. But what I don't want to see, what I don't like seeing, and I don't know what your thoughts are, uh, is Steph and Chris Paul playing together. I don't like it. That's a backcourt where when you put those two together, it's a, it's an average age of 37. It's an average height of 6'1", and that's not going to result in championships. The, the appeal for me with Chris Paul was to lead a second unit and bring out the best off that bench, and that's fine and dandy, but we're seeing Chris Paul. He's third on the team in minutes, and we're seeing a lot of, of, of action out there with Chris Paul and Steph together which creates a massive liability defensively. What are your thoughts on that? I hate it. What do you think? It's certainly something I paid attention to because uh, you got me keyed into it from the beginning of the season. I know on one of the early shows, I said that I see value in having them out together at times. It doesn't need to be an extended spurts of minutes, but I see value in having them together at times. I do think lately it's been hard on the defensive end, especially with the way that they're not making up for it on offense. I think like you need the offense to hum and just work great. And at the very least get open shot after open shot. If you're going to justify having those two out there. One point where I actually did like it was the end of that Sacramento Kings game on the road. The first one when the Warriors had a big lead and they started squandering it and it was getting a little bit scary at the end. And I remember thinking, Steph Curry's the best player. We want him shooting the free throws. That said, inbound the ball to Chris uh, Chris Paul. Let's play some big boy basketball and have two people that you can trust out there and be responsible. Chris Paul, almost the more reliable one um, because he's just a little bit more of a steady force. In general, I don't love it. So I do agree with a lot of what you're saying and I can understand the concerns for sure. I think it's not a bad situational pull. From mm -hmm. the coaching staff. It's not a bad situational play. I would not like to see them start a bunch of minutes alongside each other. And I'm glad they've gone away from that because this these playing games uphill as they did last night and as they did twice against Cleveland, it's tiring, you know? Like it takes a lot of energy away. And uh and yeah, I mean it's a long season. You don't want to wear these guys out. Let me get let me let me uh, when we come back, I, I here's the question I'm gonna pose to you, and we'll save the answer for after. Uh, we give some love to our sponsor. If this slide continues, let's say, you know, you brought up, because because one thing I'm very curious about is that, that no one's asking, maybe for good reasons, because it's a sensitive question, and I'm certainly not getting answers, is what is the deadline for when we should start panicking if things don't 
turn around, right? Like what, what, like how much time, how much slack do we give clay? Do we give Wiggins? Do we give most of this team that's struggling this year before major adjustments are needed? Right. And the team's one game above 500 right now, 11 games in, but my question to you, and I'm curious to know what your answer is when we come back, let's say for the sake of argument, we go to the new year, it's January 1st and the Warriors are a 500 team that what we're seeing now just continues. Um, would you, Chris Paul seems like the logical piece to trade expiring deal. You have no, um, the fan base has no real emotional connection to him. Uh, if the team is 500 by January, he's, his value is not that great clearly because he's been on the team for a few months and the results are average. Um, would you trade him? And uh, cause the, the team does have assets in terms of draft picks. I know that they don't have a first round pick next year, which they're really lucky about in all honesty. Next year's draft is going to be one of the weakest we've ever seen, comparable to the 2020 draft where Wiseman was picked second. Um, so it's, you know, it's not the end of the world that they don't have a first round pick next year. They do have first round picks beyond that. I think they have, there's just one other year where they don't have a pick. They have, a, they have second round picks. They have assets. They have that $30 million they owe to, to, to Chris Paul. When we come back, I want to hear from Greg Silver. Would you trade Chris Paul? And yes, are there any names out there? Um, or do you think it's blasphemy that I'm even bringing this up right now? We'll touch on that and so much more after I give some love to ooh, FanDuel, the official sports book of the Locked On Podcast Network. Uh, let me get their graphic real fast to make them super happy. Where are you, FanDuel? Uh, there you are. So, FanDuel, score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. If you bet on the 49ers yesterday, you cashed in. What a game that was, 34 to 3. Unfortunately, if you bet on the Warriors late yesterday, you probably would not be cashing in. But right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. What that means is, is if you place five bucks on a game where you're not betting on the spread, meaning you're simply picking the winner of the game, regardless of how many points are scored, even if the odds are awful, make that bet. Put five bucks down on a heavy favorite. And you will get $150 in bonus bets. This is good as cash, folks. They slide it right into your account. That's $150 if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, spreads, player props, OUs, futures. You name it, they got it. So visit FanDuel.com slash on. And kick off the NFL season, FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. For the everydayers, we're back at this tomorrow. Post-game action, Warriors and Timberwolves play again. This time it's going to count as part of the in-season tournament, Stephen Curry currently listed as questionable. Kylan Mills and I will, will host the action right here. So join us live for post-game, where hopefully the Warriors will be 7-5 and five after tomorrow. You can follow Greg Silver on threads at Greg O. Silver. The O is by itself. There's no H, unlike your Twitter account. That's Greg. The no, I changed that too. Now it's a zero. Oh, oh, okay. That's kind of... that's that's. So it looks the same, but it's not the same. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I Correct. got you. I got you. So, uh, and then you can follow me, Cyrus Otz, is on threads at Dog Wild. Uh, Greg, if things are the same way they are now, 
that they are in end of December, early January. Is Chris Paul on the trade market? And are there any players or teams out there you're looking at? Your thoughts? I'm inclined to say no. I also don't think that's going to be the case come January. I'm going to hold on to some good optimism. I think I was feeling really, really good through those first nine games. And then the last two were just annoying and they didn't play well. Um, But for the most part, I actually really liked what I saw and I don't think they'll be there. Hypothetical trade questions are always tough because you don't know what other teams are going to be thinking and who other teams might be looking to ship. Like, is Zion Williamson going to want out of New Orleans? Um, Maybe the Raptors decide to blow it up and you get long guys like uh, OG Ananobi and um, Pascal Siakam that were in potential trade talks going in for last year. So it's just a big it depends question, Mm -hmm. which I know isn't the greatest answer for uh, a fun hypothetical on a podcast. But no, I think they're going to be better than 500. I think they're going to figure things out and – uh, what Draymond said in the post game yesterday, I actually loved where he was like, we could talk about this and that and uh, make all the excuses we want, dropped a couple F-bombs on live TV. <laughs> God love him. And uh, he's like, he's like, or we can play better. And it's funny that Warrior fans uh, and 49er fans have a lot of overlap because Guys, the 49ers, you know, it was we're winning the Super Bowl after 5-0 and and beating Dallas. Uh-huh. And then it was Brock Purdy sucks and it's all ruined and we need to make a trade. And then it's like you look at yesterday and it's like, oh, maybe they just got a little bit healthier and played better. And they beat the, you know what, out of a team that had won five games in a row. So uh, sometimes these things aren't uh, that complicated. And I think that he, I like that he owned up to the fact that we need to get more organized when Steph is doing his thing. And that's an exp- uh, responsibility that largely falls on him and Chris Paul. I like that he just owned up to it and called out his trusted veteran teammate. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. No, great call. You're, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, the one difference clearly being the Warriors don't have any injuries they're dealing with right now, whereas yes, the Niners yes, had serious injuries. But I like, like the, the struggles with the Warriors is perplexing, especially the, the Andrew Wiggins part of it. I, I I would love to find out what the hell is going on with him because a 28-year-old, I even start, was doing research today, like what other players in NBA history have had such a drop-off uh, in, in terms of production without injuries being a cause? Couldn't find a single one. I couldn't find a single one that's that's comparable. Now, look, maybe they're out there. Maybe my research uh, just wasn't narrow enough or just, you know, I missed something. But if anyone in the chat who's joining us for the live show is aware of another situation comparable to Andrew Wiggins at 28 years of age, a former all-star, former number one pick, who's a physical specimen. I mean, his athleticism is a huge reason why the Warriors love him and where his contributions come from. If anyone has any idea what the hell is going on, chime in, please. I'm reading it uh, because, yeah. And and Ken Mamba writes, and, and I'm in agreement somewhat with this, Ken Mamba writes that they need to make, the Warriors need to make adjustments now, right? Don't wait until 45 games. I'm totally with you. And then that's where one thing I... Like, even though 11 games is not a massive sample size, it's not nothing either. Like, you can't just kind of scoff at 11 games. It's enough where you can kind of start getting a picture of what's going on. Um, and I'm totally with you as well that, that the workload for Steph is out of control. In fact, let's hear from Steph and Curry. He was asked uh, in the post game yesterday um, what his feelings are about the fact that he's the only guy scoring. I mean, you know, this is a stat that's been perpetuated all over the place now that there hasn't been a single player not named Stephen Curry on the Warriors this season, 11 games in, who scored 21 or more points. 
Uh, Dario Saric is the only player who's cracked 20. He only did that once. And that was way back at the beginning of the season. This is a, a, a it's, it's bizarre what's going on in terms of the, the lack of support. Uh, and this is where Clay Thompson's getting so much attention because I think it was, he was the player they were counting on for being that number two scorer. Technically is the number two scorer, uh, but a 16 points and change, not quite what they were expecting. Here is uh, Stephen Curry talking about other teams focusing on him particularly as their scoring machine. Can you feel the 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 extra focus or whatever, or the defense saying we're going to let the other guy shoot and just take away you? I mean, there's always been an approach of guarding us uh, for years. Like you know who you where attention is going to be and usually trying to blitz me in a pick and roll or stay body tight on clay when he doesn't have it coming off pin downs or, you know, whatever the case is. So we have to make adjustments. We can't just keep doing the same thing and expecting different results, but it's not a panic or anything. It's just a matter of getting a little smarter and a little bit more organized on how we're creating good shots and trusting that you know we have the ability to do that with our with our rotations and the combinations that we put out there so um it does feel like everything's kind of tough to come by in terms of creating good looks but that's not something that we feel like is unfixable there you go so uh hopefully they do fix that um we'll 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 have more in just a moment greg i'm curious to know if you think uh, this team offensively has enough. They are 11th in the NBA in points per game. Uh, to put it in perspective, last night they scored 110 points. That was right in the middle of the pack uh, in terms of the, the 20. I think there were 22 teams that played basketball uh, yesterday, and the Warriors were like 10th or 11th uh, in terms of scoring. So it's not like they're, 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 they're struggling uh, getting points up without Steph, but there's no, there's no second obvious score. And I'm curious to know if you think that's a big deal and, um, we got a few more subjects we're going to touch on in just a minute. We have to give some love to our other sponsor for this evening, and that's Jace Medical. Um, they got a, they got one of these uh, ad bars as well. Let me give them some love. There we go. So Jace is all about preparing your home with the medical kit you need so that you are prepared. Um, and look, we spend a lot of time talking together. You and I referring more so to the everydayers and everyone tuning into this program. We get fired up together on wins, maybe even more so on losses, who's starting, who's sitting, a lot of fruitful discussions we have in this program. And I'm thankful for being in this position, even with all the, the bad games the Warriors have and all the negative ramifications that come from that. It's still, it's still fun. Uh, and today I want our chat to be a little more personal. And this is a script I'm reading. I just learned that you can get a one-year supply on ED medications. You realize what that means? Bring on extended travel. Bring on the next natural disaster or supply chain chain issue. You are covered, my friend. I'm looking at you, Greg. You don't have to worry about whether or not you can refill your generics for Cialis, for Viagra, for Rebatio prescriptions. You got that, Greg? And this, this is possible because of our friends at Jace Medical. Go online right now at jacemedical.com. To receive your 12-month supply on your daily medication. Remember to use the promo code Locked On at checkout for a discount as well. A verified customer had this to say about Jace. Quote, I am thankful for this service. Supply chain issues caused me to cut my pills in half to have it. I ordered most of my daily meds 
with a year supply. I also ordered antibiotic kit. I feel secure now. Prices are lower than local pharmacies. I highly recommend this for everyone, unquote. If you or someone you love would if, if you or someone you love would get some peace of mind by having a year supply of any daily medication, go to jacemedical.com to see if it's right for you. That's jacemedical.com. And remember to use the promo code locked on for $20 off your purchase. You are locked on warriors, your daily golden state warriors podcast, part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. I'm laughing because of of uh, comments like that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I can't I can't help myself. Um, yes, I'm immature at times. I apologize. Uh, you can follow Greg Silver on Threads at Greg O Silver. You can follow me Cyrus Otzes on Threads at Dog Wild. Um, are the Warriors fine, Greg? In your opinion, can they win a title this year with their second best score being a 16 point per game? Clay Thompson. Uh, no, that doesn't mean that the answer is necessarily out of the building, but yeah, to, to help my boy Steph out in that press conference, uh, dude needs some help right now. And here's the thing. So, okay. One thing I liked about the soundbite is it's cool to see a lot of the main pieces using the same words. We saw it before the season, connectivity, commitment to one another, high IQ right now. We need to be more organized. I like that they're on the same page. I think the team is playing pretty hard for the most part. They're actually third in the league in offensive rebounds per game. So not bad for a team that you think of as undersized. On the offensive side, though, like I said in part one of the show, so here's the thing. If you're going to be an undersized team and you're shooting the ball terribly, that's a really bad recipe. And now all of a sudden six and five doesn't sound so bad because Steph Curry is shooting 44% from three. Draymond has had a complete resurgence and he's at 45. Here's some other numbers. We have a category of like, okay, which is Clay 34% for him. Not great. Uh, Moody 34%, Sarich 33, GP2 36, not really a known shooter. And then we have three other important players that are terrible at shooting right now. Downtown Kaminga 18%, Chris Paul 16, Wiggins 15. And this is all on the season through 11 games, and they've racked up six wins in large part because Stephen Curry is so great. So no, they're not going to win a title if it's like this all season because last year we had to burn our best player out, and it was a lot in the playoffs, and he actually had a really good series against the Lakers, but it wasn't enough. So yeah. here, But what I will say about this is, yes, the scoring needs to come from other places, I don't think it has to be the same person all the time. I think the way this team is constructed is it could be like a rotation of second and third scores. If anyone watches the WNBA, the Las Vegas Aces, back-to-back champions, they have Asia Wilson, but then they also have Kelsey Plum, who could sometimes be their second best. They got Jackie Young, who can explode. They have Chelsea Gray. They had Candace Parker for like a few games, you know, this year. But the point being Maybe sometimes it could be Kaminga. Maybe sometimes it could be Moses Moody. Mm-hmm. Maybe Clay catches fire at certain points. We know he's been rather inconsistent. Maybe Andrew Wiggins wakes up and is capable of getting 28 in a night, and another night he's good for 16. And I know I'm just throwing out numbers here, but the larger point is this is not sustainable. However, they can have a rotation of second scores if everybody just ups it a little bit. And it does start with the defense to create good offense. 
Good, good answer. Um, I'm going to read you some minutes here. And I want you to tell me if you think uh, the player is getting enough minutes, deserves more minutes, or should get less minutes. Stephen Curry is averaging 32.5. More oh, or less than... Yeah, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give each player. Oh. What do you think? Good Are the minutes good? Should he play more or should he play less? Yeah, that's fine. That's about right. You know. Clay Thompson's averaging 31.3 minutes. Um, right now, I could probably see that number drop a little bit. I'm not saying you gotta you gotta go into the teens or anything, but you could play him five less. I'm totally with you. I think if you dropped it down to 25, it would not be the end of the world. You're giving other players more of an opportunity in the process. Uh Chris Paul is averaging 27 minutes. Uh, and just to add to that, uh, Mark Spears this offseason talked about how they were going to play Chris Paul in spurts of five minutes. That report did not come to fruition. We're not seeing that. Uh, but he's averaging 27. What, do you, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, it's really Steph dependent. I would say they don't have to be together all the time. You could go less, but the purpose of Chris Paul is let's not have it be a disaster with the best player off the floor. Totally. Andrew Wiggins is currently averaging 26 minutes a game. I like it. He just has to play better. I think you could cut that down by 10 minutes. I, I, Andrew Wiggins, to me, uh, unless he turns this thing around, why is he playing more than 15 minutes a game? I don't, you know, like, I, I guess this, and this could be just a philosophical thing. I, I don't subscribe to the philosophy of, well, he did this for us in the past. So, like, like the past should not matter. It's all about what you're doing now, right? Like, that's where nostalgia, I think, it influences these these decisions sometimes like the way Wiggins is playing right now I don't see justification for giving him more than 15 minutes a game but you're saying you're fine with the 26 I mean if he goes back into Andrew Wiggins form and I'm willing to let him have that for a little bit longer like yeah if this is 10 games from now then of course less but I'm just I'm not there yet with Wiggins uh Draymond 24.8 oh that's actually less than I thought it would um Same. I think I think I could see him play more. I don't mind it. It's just yeah, yeah. He doesn't get in foul trouble or technical foul trouble. Uh, I'm with you. Kevon Looney is averaging 23.2. That's a little higher than his, uh, than what we're accustomed to with Loon. I never have a problem with Loon being out there, but I'd say 23 is about right for just your average. Yeah, I wouldn't mind that going down to 18 and using those minutes more with GP2 or Sharage, but that's me. Um, Kaminga, <clears throat> excuse me, Kaminga's averaging 20.5 minutes. That's more than I was expecting to hear. Um, with a fully healthy team, I don't, he could get a couple more, uh, with a not fully healthy team. He could definitely get five to 10 more. That's yeah. For, for me, anything below 25 and you're robbing this kid of what, not only his development, but what we can get out of him. I, I wish he was averaging 25. Uh, Dario Saric is averaging 20 minutes per game on the dot. He's having, he's having a great year, by the way, all, all, all things considered. Your thoughts on whether or not 20 is enough for him, or maybe not enough. Uh, if he's getting eaten up on defense, less for sure. But I do want to give him his flowers on how he's played. I think that was a really nice free agency addition. Totally agree. Um, I don't know where they'd be without him, honestly. Uh, yeah, like it's weird. Like he's been an underrated contributor for the squad. This one I think is grossly lower than it should be. Gary Payne the second is averaging eighteen point three minutes per game. Yeah, more. Yeah, I mean, I I've been saying this since twenty twenty one. I want twenty five plus minutes a game from this kid. I and when you look at like nearly all of the the net ratings for the best lineups of the Warriors. 
he's in almost all of them. Like the dude is a winner. I, I hope we see more of him as well. I'm hoping his minutes have been reduced the last two games because of whatever the illness was that affected him and uh, caused him to miss the Nuggets game. But um, and then uh, last one, Moses Moody is currently averaging 17.1 minutes per game. Well, I know I told you this before the show. This isn't me saying Moses Moody is our fifth best player, but I would like to see him start. I Same. I think that would be my first choice of guy to plug into the starting rotation. I don't understand. I, the, I, and I, I really was clamoring for this last year. And this is a critique of Kerr. And I, and I don't know why he doesn't do this more, but he doesn't integrate veterans and youngsters together. Like I, I thought I was expecting to see that last year. What I mean by that is, like, why not have a lineup where, let's say, you have Steph, Clay, and Draymond, but then you throw in Kaminga and Moody with them, right? And then you're kind of spreading out the veterans with the youngsters, and that way you're not having a lineup of just entire youngsters. Like, that was a huge problem last year because they were relying on Jordan Poole as your sixth man to lead this second unit of youngsters, and Jordan Poole clearly was not the right man for that job. Chris Paul clearly is. Um, but, yeah, I, I wish we saw more of that integration between – uh, veterans and youngsters, but that's me. And I and think we could. I, I really do think we could moving forward with just, they're going to see a lot of repeat opponents, so they're going to have some matchup intel. I can't say exactly what's going to happen. Um, but yeah, I, I know you were going to say any final thoughts. I guess this is what I would end part two with, because I know we got to go quick, which is that coaching in the NBA is a really fragile job. Uh, you know, I think at the end of last year, it was like only four coaches had the same job since 2019. It was Spolstrom, Malone, uh, Kerr, and Popovich. And a lot of the reason with that is you're managing guys that are in a very select group of being good at what they do. So that's a lot of ego management too. Like that's a lot of ego management. And I think yep. Steve Kerr has a great capacity for emotional intelligence and in managing his players. So None of us can really say what the best strategy to handle this Clay Thompson and this Andrew Wiggins kind of situation is. I think they're doing it right with Kaminga this year. They're being very encouraging toward him, but that's just kind of something to keep in mind as we move forward. Absolutely, man. Um, I want to let people know, by the way, before we go, I'm going to start mentioning this a few times at the end of the show. But uh, if you ever, if you want to be involved in this program and the Rick Barry show, I'm bringing on a few interns. Um, Kylan's bringing on a couple interns herself. You have to register for college credits. There, it is a community college I'm a professor at in San Luis Obispo. It's called Cuesta College, uh, just north of, of where you went to school, Greg, in Santa Barbara. And if you want to learn about sports journalism, if you want to learn how to write effectively with AP style and all that, register for journalism 202. Do that immediately. Uh, if you're interested, Greg, thank you, brother. Thank you to everyone. Bye-bye. Thank you. <laughs>